this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You guys, welcome to episode 97 of The Smush Room, the podcast of deep lives in the well-known and importantly not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It is me, Troy McKeady, and I'm joined by a voice that you haven't heard in a very long time, too long, but we're writing our wrongs today, and I'm so excited that she's here. Uh, we're going to be talking about Laguna Beach today with Diana Metzger. Diana, how are you? I am so good, and I am so excited. What what a like a way to return to the fold <laughs> of your loving embrace to get to talk about so many of my favorite uh, reality TV couples, and so much so much to like continue to talk about years and years later with them. I know it's like this. This show has given us so many iconic reality television stars, and like. Here's the thing. So today I figured, let me just give a little backstory about the fact that I am house sitting and dog sitting, two dogs and a cat. And uh, <laughs> I got here like really early this morning. It's just been like a fucking nightmare. And I was like, today needs to be... I'm going to hear so many wild animal noises in the background, eh? Oh, girl, if you hear the sound of a golden retriever doing something he sounds like he shouldn't be doing, just ignore it. Everybody ignore it. <laughs> I don't own a dog, so I'm not, I don't know how to control. I've given him like two uh, greenies, so he's working yeah. on his teeth, and I hope that that kind of keeps him good for a little bit. But uh, so yeah, I just wanted today to be easy, and I was like, let's just like talk about all of the iconic relationships on Laguna Beach and not have it be like structured and 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 uh, really intense because my life right now is completely unstructured. So this uh, this works, and you, I feel like I don't know anybody in my life who knows more about Laguna or the Hills. Like this is like your wheelhouse. I, I love this show. And like, let me preface this by saying like, I, I love the Hills. I watched all of the Hills. I was living in LA during like, while they were doing the last few seasons of the Hills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or actually, no, I might've been there for all of it. Yes. I was in LA for all of it. Um, But I am like a real Laguna Beach loyalist. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is the best. I still mourn the fact like I'm very excited for the reboot of the Hills. I love the return of like Jason Waller to my TV. Um, But I, I really do mourn the fact that we don't get more Laguna, that we don't get like a Laguna reboot. I don't even need it with, the same people or any of the same people like visiting though, that would kind of be interesting. Yeah. Uh, But I, I could like just, and season three, I feel like season three in the years, like now in retrospect at first, it got really trashed, but then I feel like there's been, and I'm trying to find the word for it. Like, in now that time has gone by, people have a newfound respect for it and believe yeah. it's better than it was. But like, I just was so sad that we didn't get like 
that wonderful continuation of um, like new kids and old kids returning. And, and I thought it held up. Like I thought it held up in that third season. I wanted more, but I do understand that like the backstory of it was that um, Laguna beach is like a, a kind of upper crust, but they like to believe they're an artist community. Yeah. Uh, and they do like, um, what is it? Like uh, performance of the masters or whatever, this like big living arts event. Um, and it's beautiful. It's one of my, when I lived in LA, I used to do like sojourns down to Laguna beach. It was like my happy place. Um, and I never did get a sighting of one of my Laguna beach people, which I've been down there maybe 10 times now. It makes me very sad, but that being said, it's a place I love, but they, you know, I think they had a lot of issues with the way Laguna beach was shown and that Mm -hmm. people thought it was, you know, spoiled brats having parties, which like, yes, but, but so much more than that. Yeah. Love, love and angst and, and, teenage life the way we all hoped ours would be well let me ask you this why do you think you felt more of a because i agree with you um but why do you think that you felt more of a connection to laguna over the hills like what was it about this that you liked more i think there was just and maybe it was this, this like golden age of early reality tv like yes it was after you know real world had been around for a long time and road rules and and you know the bachelor or whatever but i still felt like there it was this unknown territory and there was a real like lack of even though these kids were rich and they were attractive and and they were like yes they were trying to be cool but there was still like no artifice to it in a way um and they really i feel like you knew when these kids were drunk. Um, you know, I feel like we got to be privy to all these rumors being spread. Yes, it felt glamorous, but it also still felt like high school in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when it moved over to the hills, yes, there was real drama between, you know, Lauren and Jason and between Heidi and Lauren, like that, that was real. And that was genuine. But I also felt like there was such artifice to it. Yeah. Um, you know, these Lauren, when the Hill started was already a celebrity. So she was already, I mean, there's all been discussions to you. She was on the cover of teen Vogue. So yeah. I had a very, I had a, such a hard time believing that she was really slogging away as an intern. You know, um, yeah, and I and you know, it was just there was all these fake jobs, and eventually it became completely transparently fake of fake boyfriends and fake drama setups, and um, you know, people being texted by producers to talk about a certain issue, and I don't know, I just I found it a less compelling. And less, yeah. and less interesting because it had that like sheen of fiction to it. That Laguna <laughs> yeah. that Beach just, I felt Laguna Beach was, was so real. Was, was I agree with you. I mean, I, I've always been, and I guess it's just like more of a sign of the time, but like 
I don't know. It's like, it felt so unnecessary to me. Like what was happening in those people's lives was interesting enough for a storyline. Like I didn't need to, I'm sure I could have gotten on with Audrina just fine. Not thinking she was like dating Justin Bobby. You know what I mean? Like what was going on in her life? I'm sure was interesting enough that I could have like still enjoyed this character. Like it just felt like unnecessary, like producer meddling instead of production. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, and I, I feel like it's almost what the Hills was experiencing or starting to experience was a bit of like what Vanderpump Rules is experiencing now. Oh, yes. Is that they see how much power and, and this is to go on this journey with me. Early Vanderpump was like Laguna. Yes. Where you just had you you just hit on this like magical pot of gold of mm-hmm. these like beautiful messes and we got to like follow that ride and they were all enmeshed with each other in Laguna it was because they all were in high school together they all were you know dating each other's best friend or what have you and it was the same with Vanderpump but now Vanderpump is very much like the the hills was for a long time which it's they believe they have so much kind of power and they're starting to like take control of their storylines in a way that I never liked in the Hills and I don't really like in Vanderpump. And it makes me sad. That's like, first of all, the smartest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's very true. Like the, the first seasons of Vanderpump are very similar to Laguna in the sense that they were just sort of naive and like that, like naive freedom to like, just be whatever on camera because you've never been, you know, torn down on Twitter or like, you know, had a scandal that was on Us Weekly. Like you're just a normal person existing. Like you just so happen to have a camera in front of you. Like those are the moments that we live for in reality TV. Um, yeah. And now it's like, you look at Stasi, who's like literally branding herself as like the queen of basics and has like a book, like an instruction manual on how to, embrace being basic and post outfits of the day it's just like a weird it's like a strange uh, it's like um a funhouse version of what the show used to be like yeah. if you squint your eyes you're watching vanderpump rules but you're like not and that's like you know kind of towards the end of the hills that's what it felt like it was just like this is literally i'm watching a completely different show but yeah. La- laguna was so relatable in a weird way it's weird because i obviously didn't grow up in laguna beach and like i come from a uh like i I was i grew up in the midwest and like i still felt this really intense connection with these people on tv in a way that i'd never really seen on television before um it was just very authentic in a way that it's hard to even really kind of put into words well and i'm sure with you from the midwest and like i grew up on the east coast that I saw that and I remember I think I was in college when Laguna started airing um and I I've been to LA once uh I started going in college every spring break because I was dating a guy who lived out there but I felt like whoa this is California and this is what it feels like for kids to grow up in California and how cool how you know, the yeah. girls, the girls are all perfectly tanned. And how did they all get their bodies to look like that? At a mm-hmm. 
you know, it was like, it was a bit of envy, but it was also like this window into this like cool kind of high school world I wish I had. And yeah, like, let's all start saying Dunzo girls. Yes. (laughs) You know, and like, I, and I certainly grew up, I went to public school. Um, I grew up in a suburb in Maryland outside Washington, DC. And I certainly went to school, even though I went to a public school, it was still in a pretty affluent area. So there were those kids whose, you know, parent had a pool. So we would all go over to their pool house for a pool party. Right. Or, um, you know, there were the wealthy kids that had really great clothes. There were, um, you know, I was not super cool in high school, but I had my group of girlfriends and we all used to like sit in my friend's van during lunch period and talk shit about the other cliques in the school and yeah. sleeping with whose boyfriend and, who, you know, and so it's, you know, it felt familiar in a way, but it also, it felt like you were invited into this clique and you got to know all the secrets yeah. and you got to kind of like, even if you were older, you got to kind of like crush on, on the boy that other girls are crushing on. And so it's a bit of wish fulfillment. It's a bit of relatability. It's that like honest being a teenager, you know, there were, these were pretty people, but there were certainly some like not very pretty moments. Yeah, for sure. And to kind of piggyback off of you, like bringing up the click thing, one of the things I've always found really fascinating and um, really smart about the production of uh, specifically of Laguna is that I thought I always thought it was really smart that the, the producers did kind of take you back and forth between different clicks that also mingled. Like if there was like a party, all of the clicks that you're very familiar with would be there. But for the most part, you would watch them all sort of exist with who they were close to. You know what I mean? It was like falling into going, you know, shopping with like Elsie and, uh, and, um, what the fuck was her best friend's name? Elsie and Lowe, like watching them like go pick nail polish felt comfortable. And then it felt very safe and comfortable to then go watch Chris, you know, Kristen and Jessica, like go look for bathing suits. It was like, the different groups you kind of place yourself in like where you would be if you were in this group of people, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You had a, were you team LC or team Kristen? Oh, I was a very, very ride or die Kristen. I'm very, uh, you were, so was I. <laughs> yeah, so am I? Yeah. That's, that's why, that's why we get each other. We're team. Kristen. Yeah. Um, have you watched very Cavallari? I have not watched Very Cavalier. I've only seen clips of it, but I've actually heard that it was pretty good. It's not bad. It gives me that, like, taste of Kristen. Like, I do. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love her. I followed, you know, I followed her life. I've liked watching her when she's been on E! Mm -hmm. Um, I got very excited because a friend of mine was producing a pilot, like a talk show that she was going to do that kind of was like a millennial the view sort oh, of cool. thing that never happened i know oh that um, sucks but um yeah i you know i like her it gives it gives a taste of her you know she's a mom of three so there's no 
there's no like real drama. You know, her life with Jay seems nice. They seem like a nice, attractive couple. You know, they have their kind of like banter. He's got a very dry sense of humor and so does she. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see her now be married to somebody who feels very compatible to her. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, you know, when she was, I felt like she was playing on a different level than like Steven and Talon were playing on, um, you know, when they were all in high school. Um, and then eventually, um, she dated, you know, Brody Jenner for a while. And, and I could see, you know, I could see her easing towards, but now, you know, she is with someone with a super dry sense of humor, a cutting sense of humor, who also is like very rich and powerful and influential. And that feels, um, that feels like a nice fit for her. I'm happy for her. Me too. Um, yeah. I was super, um, granted, I have bought some Elsie Lauren Conrad for Coles. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have not bought anything from the little market. Oh my uh, God. I forgot about the little market. But, um, you know, I, Lauren, I've always thought is incredibly pretty and incredibly put together. Um, but I never, Kristen, Kristen was one of those people that, you know, like you always sit back and you're like, Oh, I wish I had a good comeback. You know, when somebody cut me down or I wish like I could be that girl that was like, cool around guys like yeah. didn't care and that was Kristen you know she's yeah. like she's like what everybody wished they could have been in high school yeah she's like aspirational in a way that like was really compelling especially at that time to see a girl like her on tv during the height of like dumb blondness you know what I mean and Kristen yeah. never really I mean like aside from the fact that she was like sort of giggly and a teenager and uh, saying things like Dunzo, uh, she never, like, leaned into that, like, like, Kristen was comfortable being smarter than the men around her. Yeah. And, like, that was something that was really, it's sad, but, like, at that time, during, like, peak, like, newlyweds era of what it meant to be a woman, like, um, in media, that was, like, a really big deal for young girls to see that on TV. Well, and she she kind of, like, epitomized that, you know, we joke right now, like, oh, Oh, to have the confidence of like a straight white dude. Yeah. And she had that confidence. Like she yes, did. Yes, of course. <laughs> like she was gorgeous. And yeah. but there are a lot of girls in high school who are incredibly gorgeous. Right. Who don't have that confidence because high school just doesn't breed that confidence. Yeah. Uh, but she had it. You know? It's, yeah. Um, which, you know good for her yeah well let's kind of start like um getting specific about relationships because i want to know your thoughts on some of just like the iconic couplings of this show we should start with elsie and steven obviously yeah we got we got to do the love triangle you have to be respectful yeah of course (laughs) honor honor the grades what what were your thoughts on the elsie steven like saga what did you did you think that he like was better suited for either one of them? Like, was there like a person that you felt like he should have been with? I do felt like he was better suited for Elsie. Yeah. Uh, I felt like they had like a sweet goofiness. Like I always liked 
in the second season, you know, when Kristen wasn't giving Stephen the time of day and Stephen went with Elsie to Mexico, they had kind of a very comfortable flirtation, which I liked. But also at the same time, they had this quintessential, they'd been friends for a really long time. And you could tell. Um, and so, you know, there's part of them that reminded me of, of guy friends that I had. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they didn't always look like Steven. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and unlike, unlike Elsie, who was like, obviously she was attracted to him. For me, my guy friends in high school, I would have a moment where I was thinking, cause I always dated the like, or I always went after the Jasons, like the, mm-hmm. the kind of what I thought was like the bad guy. Right. Um, Steven, I would have felt like was gorgeous, but like too nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, I would always have a moment where I would say, you know, Oh, he's such a good guy, friend of mine. Like maybe we should date. Maybe this is the guy I should make out with. And I would like have a night where, I'd, you know, be watching a, a DVD late and then go, and uh, no, I can't imagine making out with them. Yeah. And I do, feel <laughs> yeah. like, I do feel like they had a bit of that energy to them where, um, where why they never really happened was because they were good friends. Yeah. Like first and foremost. Yeah. Like Steven always knew Elsie would be there for, for him and be around for him and for her. Like I, I think, you know, and I, it was obvious. I think she crushed harder on him than he did on her. Um, I do think if he said like, I want to be with you, she would have been with him. Um, but you know, I just think they were good friends, you know? So I think yeah. like with the Hills, when he came on the Hills and low said, Oh, I think you're going to get together. I think it was just like, him throwing her a bone, you know, it was like a friend. Yeah. Like, Oh, come on my show. So like I have some sort of new drama and it's like, okay, sure. You know, I, I felt like they were always very cute together, but I never felt like they had like real. And it feels very weird to be like real sexual chemistry when you're talking about like, you know, children. (laughs) (laughs) But I get what you mean though. woman. (laughs) But I get what you're saying. What you're saying is very clear. Um, I was actually, before you and I started recording, I was talking to my best friend on the phone, um, my best friend Katie, who actually did the uh, Basic Instinct episode with, and I was saying, like... Oh, love. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I was telling her, like, oh, you know, me and my friend Diana are about to do, like, a Laguna thing. And I was like, you know, it's interesting, because, like, we talked about how, like, the interesting thing about, like, that Michael Douglas era of uh, sexual thrillers, there's always a sort of like crazy blonde who's like the dangerous one who would be like his Kristen. That would be Steven's Kristen. And then there's like the Jean Triplehorn who's like the safe, reliable woman that you come home to, to get like nuzzled and, you know, a home, like a good warm meal and like actual affection. But then it's like, there's that need to stray out and chase after like a rabid cat who was like his Kristen. Um, (laughs) And it's interesting. Like they really did have that dynamic where Elsie, I feel like even as a teenager, she was sort of aware of the role she played in Steven's life. And she gave him 
what she felt he needed and what she thought would keep him, which was like comfort and security and just niceness, just good old fashioned, good girl, nice girl bullshit, which like for me, I never related to back in the day. And I still don't really relate to now like that, like demure sort of like mousiness that she serves you. Like, it's just not my gig, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was always, well, I was very boy crazy. And I mean, I, I related and me, I'm a big Jessica Stan. Okay. I love that. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay. I'm a, big, I'm a huge Jessica Stan, I think because I related to her most closely. Okay. Like I was very boy crazy. I would get these very obsessive crushes. I used to have several kind of later later in high school, um, you know, these sort of on again, off again things with guys who weren't particularly good for me, but I liked and into college and into my twenties. You know, like <laughs> took me a while to learn my lessons. Yeah, um, yeah. But I always loved that moment where like and you could see it with Jess and you know, I'm jumping the gun, but you could see it with Jessica and Jason where she would find these moments where she like channeled the power of Kristen. Mm, and had God, these, like, that's profound that you just said. Had that. these like flirtatious like i remember there was a moment where like the the jason and talon and somebody else they were playing golf and jessica like texted him and all the boys were like giving a hard time about jessica and uh, because he was like well jessica's gonna stop by and they were like no yeah (laughs) and they met up at the country club and she kind of had a look and was like had a straw in her mouth coquettishly was like well what are you doing later you know and it was such a not her but her trying on this sort of like Kristen-ishness and I used to do that all the time I think it was like sort of the theater kid in me too like I was it was what I'd seen that I thought was sexy like I I remember I remember very distinctly I had thrown a birthday party an 18th birthday party for or no maybe it was her she might have turned 19 yeah it was a 19th birthday party for one of my friends it was summer after senior year of high school and uh you know we'd gotten a birthday cake but i'd forgotten to give it to her and it was like late in the night and there was a guy who was very much my jason this guy lee who um you know very on again off again maybe he was dating somebody when we made out i didn't know (laughs) You know, and and I remember at one point I was standing in the kitchen and I put my finger in the like icing. Oh and, God. Like, it was like, well, I'm going up to bed. I don't know what bed you're sleeping in. But I'm going upstairs. And like You like threw a silk scarf behind you? <laughs> I said, like nailed my finger along the wall and like looked behind me and like gave like Jessica Rabbit but Jimmy like it was very like, what I oh thought God. I thought I was pulling a Kristen and yeah. I was really just you know yeah I mean like honestly that's relatable as fuck though because that's like when you're young and you're not confident that's how you that's how you gain confidence is just pretending to be like 
I remember even during that time when it was like the peak of people being team Elsie or team Kristen, I even noticed like a lot of my friends, like sort of like putting on like a Kristen confidence with boys and like really truthfully, and this is no bullshit, like being inspired by her confidence because there was, it was a lot of girls like that on TV. We hadn't seen an energy like that. She had big dick. She had big dick energy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. She was the inventor of big dick energy. That blew my mind. It's true. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Which, like, you know, speaking of, like, I well, there are certain moments between her and Steven that are seared into my mind. And it's so funny because when I watch them now, like in the recent years that I've gone back and just done like a random, like hungover binge of Laguna beach. Um, which is like the best thing you could ever do for yourself. I mean, to eat something that clogs your arteries and watch Laguna beach hungover is like truly like, there's nothing more American really. I really, I really like every few years revisited and it, it's timeless. It really it does is. Have the timeless quality to it. It's relatable for a, a young, like a, it's relatable, even though everything they're doing is so outdated. Um, yeah. It's relatable always like that, that sort of high school dynamic, the clickiness, like all like the, the, the relationships, it's all relatable. Um, but like, there are moments between Kristen and Steven that I will watch now and remember as like a young person, especially as a young, like, the just hitting puberty, like closeted gay tween. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.